0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Common Sense Finance. On this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Shanna Bennett from Student Debt Brand. Student Debt Brand is a platform you can find on Twitter and Instagram, and it's basically trying to bring light to the conversation of the student loan crisis that we're facing in the United States. It's a serious issue, $1.9 trillion of outstanding debt are solely related to student loans, and. It doesn't look like it's getting any better anytime soon and my conversation with shanna really touched on the topic what are some possible resolutions for this topic going forward and much more it was a very interesting conversation if you want to learn more stay tuned but before we get into the episode guys if you're listening to this on a podcast app please subscribe and drop a five-star review of its apple podcast also if you're watching this on youtube guys, like, comment, and subscribe. Doing any of these would really help Common Sense Finance grow as a platform, reach new people, and gain some traction. Nick and I would really appreciate it if you could do that. So thank you. So with that out of the way, listen and enjoy. Hello, everyone. On this episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Shannon Bennett, who is from the platform Student Debt Brand on Instagram. So thank you for having this conversation today.
1: Sure, I'm excited. I'm excited.
0: So for if you guys want to check out her page, everything's going to be linked in the description of this podcast before we go any further. But so Shanna, um, before we get into our conversation, why did you start your Instagram page? Why did you start Student Debt Brand?
1: Such a good question. Um, because I was getting more and more frustrated. Um, I graduated from college in, I think, 2007 went straight into graduate school, um, left graduate school in 2009 when there was still a recession going on, struggled to find employment. And um, somewhere during the graduate school time, I I kind of came to realize just how much debt I had. Mm. Um, And I really, I basically had six figure student loan debt and I had accumulated that debt over the course of my undergraduate career, and also graduate career, and just somehow just didn't realize it. Um, and, you know, I looked around at some of my friends who weren't in the same situation, a lot of them were, but there, there were a few that weren't, and I kept thinking, what did you do that I didn't do? And what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, and then seeing how in subsequent years, the debt affected my life just became aggravating and, um, and depressing quite frankly. Um, And I had to start to try to figure out what I was going to do about it. But along the way, um, I started talking about it. So for the last, I I kid you not, probably decade, I've been talking about student loan debt and trying to understand it and trying to understand how I got there. Um, And so the page was born out of that. Um, But really, to make a very long story short, um, while I was in school, I was eating a lot of cheap Meals, a lot of ramen, a lot of pasta, and somewhere along the line, I found Newman's Own pasta sauce, and um, noticed that they gave a hundred percent of their after-tax profits away to charity. And I thought that's insane. Like, who <laughs> who does that? Um, but because at the very same time, I was really focused on student loan debt or knew that I was accumulating debt at the time, I didn't really understand it or knew how much, I kept thinking, wow, that'd be a really great idea. Um, And then I found out that Paul Newman, the founder and owner of of Newman's Own, um, when he was alive anyway, he wrote a book um, and it was all about how he kind of fell into the business. um, And he titled the book it's like it's something like shameless exploitation in the pursuit of common good um and really it was about him using his celebrity and his name to call attention to the products he was making to then just give that money away Mm -hmm. and i kept thinking sure you know i'm pretty introverted i don't like getting a lot of attention, but sure, I'll make a video or two and talk about student loan debt if it gets a greater conversation going, um, especially amongst women, especially amongst black women. Um, and so that's you know why I started the page and also the principles behind what I'm doing. I'm trying to start a company and give 100% of, of the profits away to people that have student loan debt, because it sucks and someone should be doing something about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And like, I, I've come like being a college student now, yeah. uh, i come full circle. And I've, I see the perspective of like, how overwhelming student loan debt can be. Yeah. I've, I've been very, uh, I'm very grateful that I, I received a good scholarship to go to my institution, my, my nice. college. But nice. you know, a lot of people don't have that opportunity, right? And then you rack right. up a lot of debt over the span of just four years and that could really hold you back for the rest of your career
1: oh yeah yeah and I was definitely one of those students who could have benefited from taking a gap year like when I got to college I had I really had no idea why I was there um I was always a good student but um as an immigrant I came to the U.S. in 91 with my family you know, we navigated the higher ed process to the best of our ability. We had no family here, you know, we're starting from scratch and, um, you know, I was always told we came to this country so that you could get educated and have a better life and a, you know, a better life for us and elevate this family and all these things. So I kind of had all of that pressure Um, and by the way, no one mentioned debt, like no one mentioned how we were going to pay for this. It was, you're going to go to college. That's what you're going to do. And so that's what I did (laughs) and quite literally, you know, did very well in high school, middle school, all that got to college and was like, okay, I I made it you guys. So what exactly am I supposed to do here? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think for a lot of people, if you don't have your own plan, if you haven't had, you know, if you don't have your life figured out by the time you're 17, 18, which a lot of people don't,
0: exactly, and
1: you, yeah, and and the the choices are, the quote-unquote choices are laid in front of you, a lot of us are going to take the path of, A, least resistance, or the path of most structure, which a lot of times is higher education. It's, you know, go into this system with the process of becoming better educated and being able to get a job and have a good life, you Mm -hmm. know, be successful, make more money. Um, and so that's what I did. And then at the end of those four Mm -hmm. years was still pretty confused, still didn't really know what I wanted to do. And so I continued with that structure and I went to graduate school. Um, and then funny enough in graduate school is really when like the light bulbs came on and my grades really like improved and I became more aware of the debt and, um, you know, became a little bit more focused, but, you know, we call it a choice, but a lot of people there, it's not a choice. It's you go to high school, then you go to college. This is what you do. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us can't afford it. And so we take out money to do that.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but yeah,
0: I'll say like that's, that's one of the reasons why I started my platform because you're like, you mentioned like you're 17, 18 years old and you put, you're put like with this tremendous pressure to make such a huge decision that might impact the rest of your life right you're not taught anything about personal finance financial <laughs> literacy prior to that and no. you're asked to take out five to six figures worth of student loan debt to make a decision that big it's <laughs> it's kind of it, it's when you when you word it that way it's so insane
1: <laughs> it's insane because I don't think that these young people would be approved for the amount of money that they're taking out in any other capacity yeah. if
0: there were a mortgage or if it were a no. car loan like no it these, some of these students don't have credit cards and no. getting approved for
1: that's what i'm saying yeah what you know the average 17 year old doesn't have the credit history that would substantiate taking out five ten thousands plus of, it doesn't make any sense exactly um but at the very same time we want to hold them accountable to the amounts of money they're taking out and chastise them when they come out after four years saying you know pay what you owe this is your debt you should have known better meanwhile you know, here I am in my, let's call it early thirties. Okay, let's call it early (laughs) thirties. And I'm just now learning about personal finance. And that's what's so great about student debt brand is I'm sharing what I'm learning and I'm collecting the stats for people that otherwise don't really understand why we're calling it a crisis. But there really is a student debt crisis and I'm happy to share all the data that I'm finding with people. But yeah, 17, 18, you have no idea. You have no idea. Mm
0: And I was going to say, like, typically the people who are against, who don't think it's a crisis, right, who are kind of against the whole cancellation or partial or even full forgiveness of these student loan debts, they're typically older in age where college was much more affordable for them. (laughs) And they don't really realize, like, to them, college necessarily wasn't as much of an investment as it is today, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think it's, I think when I was looking, I think it was maybe in the 70s maybe late 60s, it was like 300 plus dollars a year. So when people say, yeah, I could work for a couple summers or I worked and you know, paid up, paid it off, that was possible. It's very difficult now. Um, you know, when you're making less than $15 an hour or what have you, I think, I think I was working at Target. I might have been making eleven or twelve dollars an hour. Like what like what am I gonna do with that? Yeah. Um, that's not enough to pay for my education. I think now they're saying the average degree is like $104,000. Like, I mean, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so that's what we mean when we say crisis. It's not the same debt. Um, it's not the same world that we're living in. Um, the prices have continued for higher ed to grow and grow and grow without being checked, without being balanced. I read an article the other day that said, part of it is there's very little competition in the higher ed world. It's very difficult for someone just to open up a college and say, hey everyone, you know, come over here. So these institutions with this legacy, if you will can charge whatever the heck they want because they know we're gonna take out the loans to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, You know, the other day I got into this like, Back and forth on Twitter with someone that was saying, "Hey, you know, you can't afford a Lamborghini, and so you just don't buy it. You know, you have this debt; you should pay it." And I literally had to say, "You're comparing higher education to a luxury vehicle. Like, how did we get here? It's not the same debt. It's
0: not." And it's like, like to to your point uh, prior, there's kind of a system in place, right, where people feel like they feel obligated to. Go to college, and in some instances yeah. they can, because in a, most employers they require a bachelor's degree bare minimum for the most basic entry-level positions. So it's you can't just say don't go to college. It's it, it, it's a difficult process.
1: Yeah, it's tough. And now that I'm in HR and uh, I'm doing a lot of hiring. Um, You know, I I push against that all the time, all the time. If I see a candidate that has real world experience and might have a half a degree or didn't finish or doesn't have a degree, you know, I'm always going to be in that person's corner because bottom line, we care about you having the skills and we care about you being able to do the job. If you can Mm do that, that's great. If you have a degree, sure, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But we've got to get away from, you know, what, what the qualifications are for some of these some of these jobs you know if, if you have the skills I think you should get the job um, and there's a lot of different ways to get those skills it doesn't always have to be higher ed you don't always have to be in six-figure student loan debt um, but yeah it's just crazy
0: yeah I think it was IBM and Pfizer it's so like two pretty big companies they're looking yeah. towards dropping or not mandating bachelor's degrees for some entry-level yes. positions yeah they're trying to like they're trying to test more more of the skills of the person applying for the job. So, I mean, that could be a way where this whole crisis is alleviated to I
1: agree. some
0: degree. I, I agree. Think, yeah. I think another big issue is you said people don't really have direction going into college. They're taking yeah. out this debt and they could end up majoring in something where the salary necessarily isn't high enough for them to make necessary payments towards that debt, right? And if you're, not, if you're never making a high enough salary, like the ceiling is so low, you're, yes. you're trapped in a, you're, you're trapped with that debt for years.
1: It's so true. I think in, in that same vein, I've been reading a lot about the return on investment on the degree and how, as someone going into college, that's something that you should be considering, but I know I wasn't, and I don't know who is, but we should be. Um, you know, is your degree going to pay off in the end? And what is the entry level, salary for that degree when you get out, because that helps with budgeting, right? You know, If if you're gonna take on X amount of debt, you've got to figure out how you're gonna live and also afford to pay off that debt. All things I was not considering at the time. Um, I think also I've read that for black and brown students, there's this theory that the return on investment is not the same because you're going out for these jobs and because of whatever bias might exist in the hiring process, you might not get picked for that position. Or if and when you are picked for that um, position, studies are showing that you're just making less. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're female, you're making like 82 cents on the dollar for every dollar a man is making, et cetera. So here you are with this debt, but you're also not making enough as maybe your white counterparts. And so it's just, there's just a lot to consider. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot for a 17 or, or, or 18 year old. And I think that's why we have to make some of that a part of the high school curriculum or a part of the college curriculum. But, but, but by that point, you're already there. You're already yeah. on campus. Like you're already signed on the dotted line.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I saw a statistic. You mentioned like African-American students. Yeah. Um, I think African-American students graduate with three times more student loan debt than white yeah. students, the white counterparts do. So like there is a racial disparity and yeah. the, I'm sure there's a gender disparity as well. And I think uh, another, another interesting point you mentioned previously is like colleges kind of encourage you to stay mm-hmm. longer in a way where yeah. I think I saw a statistic on TikTok that 80% of students switch their major at yes. least once in college.
1: Listen, listen, I had no, I had no idea <laughs> what I was doing. I went to my counselor. I think I might've been a sophomore, like a late sophomore. And somewhere around that time, you have to figure out, you know, what you're going to be majoring in. And this man sat across from me and said, listen, you're doing really well in Spanish. Okay. You're doing really well in psychology. How about you just double major? And I was like, sure, sure. Sounds good. Sounds good. It's easy. That's fine. And that's what I did because I had no idea. Um, But yeah, I think, I think there's, You know, when you look at it, I and that's why I think a lot of these online courses and online schools are really gonna start disrupting that higher ed space because it's so much more, I mean, an expensive. Like for example, like a month ago, I bought a course, a personal finance course, and I think I might have spent like $80. But like what <laughs> what I'm learning, you know, has the ability to to help me grow my 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 net worth, my mm-hmm. income by the way, net worth is a whole other conversation. My net worth is negative six figures because I have six figures (laughs) in loan
0: debt. I I think the average net worth of a, I think it was a 21, 22 year old, it's like negative $20,000. And it's like, (laughs) if you have a a dollar in your, to your name, you're like in the top 1% of your age bracket. It's crazy. It's
1: crazy. That's insane. Mm. And I think what really frustrates me is When you focus on our communities and how it affects us socially, we are burdening our brightest, you know, minds, you know, our most inquisitive, our most innovative, like these are the people that we want to be relying on to take us into the future Mm -hmm. regarding medical advancements and scientific advancements and, you know, technology. But a lot of these people are so burdened that they're making choices based on their debt. You know, they're navigating their career paths based on how much debt they have. They're, it's affecting their marriages and home ownership and family planning. It's, it's, it's insane. I don't Mm -hmm. understand socially why we've allowed that to be a norm and even like $1.8 trillion of, you know, like that sounds like a defense budget like a national defense, like that's what that sounds like. (laughs) Not a bunch of people that chose to get educated it just it doesn't make any sense
0: <laughs> i know and it's i think a statistic came out i think 5% of all like wealth in the united states is only is owned yeah. by millennials it's only 5% so i think yeah. i think mo- millennials at the moment are probably the the hardest hit de- age demographic in terms of the student loan crisis so i don't know if there's a correlation there but like to your point you're if yeah. you're starting off in a lower or middle class like starting position you're not really going to see any upward swing if you have
1: Uh, five to six
0: figures in student loan debt upon graduating.
1: Yeah, and that's why, too, I think the other day I posted an article about, I think it was at Delaware University that um, forgave like $700,000 of of student loan debt for their students, I think it was the vice president said, or the president, he said, You know, we have a responsibility. Like a lot of these students are here to propel themselves into the future and, you know, level up essentially regarding their families. And we owe them, we have a responsibility to put them on that path. And I think socially, we have a responsibility to do that. You know, why are we burdening people that are making an effort Mm. to do better?
0: it's it's just it's silly and like going back to that car comment that person made on twitter it's like you're you're in a situation i think i i personally believe like many students are in a situation yeah they're not in by their own doing it, it is <laughs> that, where it's like you if, if you hadn't if like if you're 30 years old and you look back you probably yeah. wouldn't have made the same financial like you probably would have navigated things differently so i think if you had Correct. the knowledge that you should have had at 18, 17 years old making these oh, yeah. decisions. You probably wouldn't take out as much debt as you probably, as you would have. Maybe you w- would have gone to a different school or look for an alternative, but yeah. 17, 18 year olds don't know that. And you mentioned, you know, first generation students. Uh-huh. Maybe their parents have no understanding of how the college system works. You're no. doing, like you would be doing things completely on your own and you have no idea what you're doing. So it's like, it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a whole issue. It's, it's, there's layers layers to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Again, a luxury, a luxury vehicle and a higher education (laughs) should not be compared in terms of debt. Like that's, that's unreal. But yeah, to to that point, the first generation, you know, situation, my mother really did her due diligence to the best of her ability. I think that she probably thought similarly to me, once I graduated, I was going to get this fancy job. And I was gonna really be able to throw money at this. And honestly, I naively did think I was gonna graduate, get a six-figure job and pay back my debt. And for some people, that's the reality. They're able to do that um, depending on the field you're going into. But usually I think I think it's fair to say that those fields tend to even accumulate even more debt to kind of get there like doctors the lawyers, et cetera. And even then entry level is not paying that much, not at first, um, so. I think I read too that Eisenhower um, really kind of propelled student loans into the future. I think the the idea was to, to move us forward in terms of science and engineering to compete with the Russians and Sputnik and all this. Mm. And so if that's the origin, if that's where we started, then again, this is a failed experiment. Mm. We're holding people back now and it's, it's just not working out. I don't
0: know. I think the one of the craziest things is like, Are schools to have such high tuition costs when they really don't have to charge that amount? I mean, you look at some of the endowments that some of these schools have, like, like Harvard, for example. I know probably a lot of students that go to Harvard they tend not to pay full tuition, but even have the sticker price like 60 to 70 thousand dollars with their multi billion dollar endowment behind the scenes. It's it's crazy. I think there's a statistic that Princeton could pay for all their students for 200 years and still not fully drain the endowment.
1: That's unreal. Yeah. That's unreal. Well that's why it's so frustrating that now the president is saying that, you know, he's he's linking student debt cancellation to to helping the more well-off folks that have gone to the Ivy Leagues and we keep saying like 0.3% of us actually went to Ivy League schools. I think 12% of us actually went to very selective schools. Uh, and then furthermore like you're saying usually Ivy League Um, students don't graduate with that much debt. They have these very well-rounded, robust financial aid programs Mm -hmm. that make it, you know, a more cushiony experience. Don't get me wrong, there are definitely students that I've seen from Ivy League that have tons of debt, but it's not traditionally the norm. And so um, for him to continue kind of with that rhetoric has been really frustrating for me, knowing that all the data is there plain as day um, to show that that's not the case. Um, but yeah, the sticker prices are again, unreal. Mm
0: -hmm. So I guess a good question would be, what do you think the government should do? So I think there are people there. I think there are more people who are in favor of some kind of forgiveness than not personally, but would you, are you more in favor of a complete forgiveness or a partial forgiveness? which if you think is more, I guess, realistic of the two.
1: I know. Right. Oh, man. It's tough. (laughs) I think if we're going to talk about what's realistic, I think maybe partial cancellation is more realistic, especially because we have a body in Congress and a president that don't seem to be leaning in in the direction of wide-scale student debt cancellation. Um, But there was a study done recently that 75K, like that's a magic number. Like that's the number that's really going to make a major impact in terms of narrowing not only the you know, gender um, or or racial or gender uh, equality space or or a gap that exists, um, but but it's going to make a bigger impact than like a 10k or a 50k. By the way, 10k is incredibly frustrating because the average student loan, you know, borrower has like 30k. So why why are we even <laughs> talking about 10k? Um, But yeah, I think maybe that's more realistic. But personally, I think we should cancel it all, which I know is radical and everybody wants to cry socialism. But I honestly think canceling it all and then restructuring higher ed. Like we've got to get in there and figure out why these university budgets are so bloated. Um, I've heard a lot about the cost of administration and like overbuilding in terms of infrastructure. I mean, like how many more football stadiums like do we need, you know what I mean? Like on the backs of student loan borrowers. Mm but even that, when you talk like that, it, it kind of sounds like socialism. Now we want the government to get involved. Now we want, you know, universities to cut budgets. You know, what are we actually talking about here? Mm. Um, but just reining in of cost would be awesome because, again, I don't get why it's so expensive. I really don't.
0: Yeah, I don't either. Like, I think you you showed the statistic the other day on your Instagram. It far outpaced the rate of inflation <laughs> over the past, like, 30, 40 years. and. I don't know where the justification is. Like, I have to look more into it myself if there is one. Yeah. But like to your point, I think if anything, the the partial one's probably more realistic of the two. I think anything is better yeah. than nothing at this at yeah. this point, right? Agreed. Um, but like, I don't like you said. I don't know how. Unfortunately, I don't know how realistic it's going. Like it is at, <laughs> at least in the next few yeah. years.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm hyper aware too of the fact that you know, Wall Street's involved, banks are involved, like everyone's watching because a lot of these loans are backed by these institutions. So I get it. I get that, that it's incredibly political. I think this is the first time that I've followed something so closely at the political level. And I think it's because it, you know, really impacts my, my everyday, Mm. however silly that sounds, but just watching the back and forth, and um, the grandstanding and the politics has been very frustrating. Um, but we'll see, you know, the the pause on student loan payments ends in September. We'll see what happens then. You know, we still have a whole summer ahead of us. I think Biden is, is due to submit his annual budget by next Friday that on, i guess friday night we realized it had nothing to do with student loans at all completely removed i don't know if it was ever a part of it yeah <laughs> so who knows what's going to happen
0: yeah he's but... gone he's gone back and forth i think he
1: yeah
0: he made he like when he was running i remember he made comments about it then he yeah. completely ignored it in the the stimulus bill then mentioned oh. it again later on i feel like he kind of he's still popping <laughs> back and forth there's no real consistency on that on that no. uh, on that point <laughs> no
1: it's it's really really frustrating, and again, all the data is there. Um, I know you know we all know that he he asked the secretary of education to submit this report. Did he get the report? We don't know. That was weeks ago at this point. Um, and I, I value the fact too that they have canceled I think maybe two point three billion in student loans so far. Um, but again, that's a very small fraction when you're talking about one point eight trillion. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was about to say one point eight, like one point eight trillion is a lot. That's the, that's it's the a price lot. of that's the price of Apple as a company.
1: Like, I know. I know.
0: I know. So I mean that's, that's crazy. it's a drop in the bucket. Like like I said, like something's better than nothing, but yeah. I mean, maybe a little more something than than a few yeah. billion in that case. I think that's like another point like people have issue with is like, oh well, I didn't have, I was able to pay off my debt. I'm debt-free from like yes. my student loans. Like a- if anyone can do it, I feel like, I don't know. I don't really like that that viewpoint as well. Like, like for me, like I'm going to graduate with my degree with very minimal student loan debt. And nice. I'm very grateful for it. But it's like, just because someone else has like, just because I'm essentially debt-free doesn't mean that someone else shouldn't get yeah. that kind of benefit. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's an image floating around right now of a trolley that's already like run over some people. And then there's like some people that you could save. And it's like, well, do we save them or not? Cause it's already run over these people over right here. So maybe we just leave them like what? And I think too, I think I read this week also where it's like, we're constantly trying to do better. We're constantly trying to advance. So socially, do we just not make things better just because things were crappy before? That makes no sense. We wouldn't we wouldn't be passing any policies. There'd be no legislation. What mm-hmm. you know? What would be the point? Um, but yeah, but but luckily, I do know some folks that are in the student debt space that are, you know, fighting for more visibility and fighting for cancellation, even though they themselves have no debt, which is awesome. So similar to you, you know, I think at this point, I think I'm just asking people to have compassion, you know, as young people, that's right, early 30s, still young, as young people, <laughs> um, I think it might sound like we're complaining um, about some of the things that are going on, but we're just saying, hey, here are some pain points. Let's try to have compassion for different people in different groups and, and see what we, can, what we can do. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think when people make these kinds of complaints, it's not necessarily like for the sake of complaining. It's like there's a legitimate issue yeah. there. Like like you said, there's $1.9 trillion worth of student loan debt just out there. Like just out there. So I think there's people People say like, that's not that big of a deal. Student, that's the second largest form of debt in the United States. Yeah, isn't
1: per- it like, isn't per- behind mortgages or something?
0: The first one's mortgages, and that's like a, a whole house. Yeah. That's like um, yeah. like six to seven figures. So, for student loans to be that big, like, I think there's some kind of, you know, disconnect.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the joke I keep making. It's, it's like I have the debt of a house, but I don't have a house, or I have mortgage payments, but I don't have a house. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, and I think they're saying that by twenty. I think it's 2030. No, it's 2023. By 2023, 40% of student loan borrowers could be defaulted, which again, I keep saying is no one looking at that data. Mm. I think that's the data that is incredibly alarming because there are people that see all the data, right? You know how women are carrying two thirds of the debt burden and, and Black women have the most debt and people will just take that in and shrug okay so what it's just data yeah. but to me the data suggests a system that is no longer um serving us it's it's no longer working
0: mm-hmm.
1: um if everyone or 40 percent, if if that many people are defaulting like that can't be good
0: i know i think the statistic i've seen is that a million people default on their student loans yearly
1: i've seen that yes
0: that's a lot of people not being yes. able to put up their loans and it's like we mentioned earlier, it's like you're taking out all this money to go to school to advance your career. If yeah. you're the, these people are probably defaulting in their 20s or 30s. Imagine like how that affects your credit score, how that affects your your ability to do anything in the next yeah. 20, 30 years of your life. You can't really do anything financially.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I have a private loan right now where the company has since filed bankruptcy the investors have walked away, they've, they've gone on to invest in other projects and do these big things. And I can't contact them. I have not been able to contact them for like years. And it's so frustrating because they have the option of bankruptcy, but, but we as the holders of the private loans do not. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just silly that, you know, a corporation would have better um, options on the table than I would, for example. Mm. um but yeah it's it's just crazy
0: yeah it's like I think it's one of the only forms of debt that you can't get away with due to bankruptcy and I find that yeah. insane and yeah like I, there was a joke that um we would say in high school it's like at least you don't die like you, when you die you don't pass you pass you don't pass it on it's one of the only yeah. debt you don't pass on over through death but it's like, that's that's I guess I guess <laughs> if you're if you have student loan debts when you die then like that's that's like that should be a breaking point right there
1: Literally. I have uh, a good friend that I met on Instagram also who also has a podcast and she interviewed someone who said they had a friend that, oh, how did it go? I think she got in a car accident or something and she got some settlement and quite literally all the money in the settlement went to pay off her student loan debt. And he started thinking, like, maybe I should, I don't know, leave a door open or something. Like, I don't know. Like, this is where your mind goes because (laughs) it's just so much debt. And I think in that same conversation, he said, too, when you're 17, 18, and you're making, you know, 11, 10, $11 an hour, and people are telling you about thousands of dollars in student loans, it sounds like monopoly money. It doesn't even sound real. You're just like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay, that's not real. (laughs) like You can't wrap your mind around it. It's just crazy. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I just, I mean, like, something needs to be done to prevent the situation from getting worse than it already is, and it's already in a a pretty bad spot, at least in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think, too, that's part of the criticism. I think when people hear us say cancel student loan debt, they keep thinking, well, then, what about the people that are, you know, coming behind you that are accumulating more debt? Well, it's not just canceling the debt; we have to also restructure this whole system. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like the bureaucracy and the confusion within the private loan system, the federal loan—I mean, it's so confusing. And so, um, it's nice that, that the current administration is trying to kind of iron out some of the details, but um, we've got to get a hold of the cost you know, Mm. and again, we're talking about access, like, we should have access to higher education, everyone should, Mm. Um, it shouldn't be so difficult.
0: For sure, and I think the issue, like, like, I mentioned, like, the age difference is a big reason why there's such a big conflict over it. Yeah, I think many politicians are just so much older in age, I think they don't understand it from a younger person's perspective, they're not the ones taking out huge amounts of debt to go to school. So it's like, there is a disconnect there as well. And Yep. You know, I mean, like you said, at least there are some strides to do something, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it helps too to put some numbers around it. Um, I did read that the average loan payment is around $300 a month or, or actually I think it's like 390 it's closer to four. Um, and that's significant like four hundred dollars a month is significant outside of your you know everyday living expenses and a lot of people are paying way more than that you're talking like nine hundred thousand dollars you know a thousand, again mortgage payments for people that don't own homes i once had a friend tell me you'll never own a home i mean like look at the amount of debt you already have like that's gonna be how are you gonna do that mm. <laughs> like, and in that moment i thought maybe maybe they have a point like how am i gonna how am i gonna do that mm. it's crazy it's crazy.
0: It really is. So I guess a good like last question I wanted to ask was, mm-hmm. so what advice would you give someone who's 17, 18 years old looking to go to college? Like what do you think there should be an alternative to college? Should they go to a smaller yeah. school, look for the best scholarship?
1: That's a tough one. That is so tough. I think if you, if you definitely want to go the higher education route, I would, I would be more strategic, right? If I was talking to my younger self, I would have much preferred if there was some strategy behind it. Quite literally, there wasn't. It was go to school, figure it out, make it happen. And so I signed up for every loan that was available. And I was one of those people that were, you know, was using loans for food, books, housing, you know, clothes. I mean, how can you go to class if you don't have anything to wear? Like quite literally, at one point, I had a friend uh, of mine, we... We would like sell our old clothes so we could afford like Chinese food that was outside of our meal plan. Just like wild stuff. Uh, um, So I would definitely say be more strategic. You know, if at that time you have an idea of what you plan to major in, I would definitely look up the entry-level salary for that job. And yes, it's tough to budget sometimes when you're 17 or 18. It's tough to estimate what your lifestyle is going to look like and what your living expenses are going to be, but have someone help you. You know, ask a parent or a counselor or, you know, especially online right now on Instagram, there are so many awesome personal finance people like you and others that are giving tips and tricks. And honestly, like that's how I'm learning. And so the information is out there. Um, So I think that's what I would say. Just be very strategic about what you're doing. And if your heart isn't in higher education, try to find another path. We're in the age of Google, you know, spend a couple nights Googling, you know, how to be a DJ or how to be a dog walker, if that's where your your passion is, Uh, um, and figure out a way to do that. Because I really think, and I hope that the higher education world will be disrupted by more online you know low cost courses i know even some of the ivy leagues are offering these low cost or Mm -hmm. free courses which is awesome we need more of that
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. for sure and like i hopefully like you said it disrupts the system and like i said maybe that hopefully can supplement or replace some of this on like the higher education systems that we have in place yeah i just i think it is important to tell to inform like 17 18 year olds because yeah no, no, one else is doing anything to solve the situation. So I think people need to inform right. before it starts.
1: Agreed, agreed. Do and a lot like, of reading. learn as much as you can.
0: <laughs> exactly, and I think a lot of the advice you gave is very valid. Like I, I, I hope I have the same beliefs, honestly. Where you need to see the entry level salary of your job. Is it worth yeah. taking out? If you do take out debt, is it worth? Like, are you going to be able to pay it off given the salary that you have? Like, there's a lot of questions that go in, into it more than right. how's the campus? How's the, the the party life of the school? Like there's like, I feel like those Literally. are the things that where we glamorize and we don't really yes. look at the price tag enough.
1: Yes, I, I, you know, one of the reasons I chose the school that I went to is because when we went to visit, the buffet was nice. I kid you not, like the food was nice. It was organized. We were like, this is, this is great. <laughs> like, let's spend thousands of dollars here. Um, but I definitely think that there's something to, um, being aware of what you're getting into and just, I know it's tough at 17 or 18, but just know that the debt that you are taking on by going to that higher education institution will affect your lifestyle in the future. I'm talking about missed opportunities. Like there's, there's travel I could be doing there, you know, there's, there's things that I could have to make my life a little bit cushier, let's say, right? There's relationships, there's friends I don't see because I can't fly across the country at the drop mm-hmm. of a hat. There's all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't realize, um, you know, people are talking about how it affects their relationships and their marriages and the arguing and the the weight and the burden of the debt, like it will affect you in the future. So I would just be very careful about the amount of debt that you take on if, if that's what, you know,
0: you choose to do. Mm-hmm. I think another thing is it's like, I think people feel like they have to go to a big name school and that's why yes. they're willing to pay so much money. I go yeah. to a, I go to a very small school, like my entire student yeah. body. My friend was, I was talking to a friend of mine. He goes to Boston college. Yeah. His, his entire graduating class is bigger than my entire student body of my school. Yeah. Very, <laughs> very, very small school. And I mean, I, I know many people who graduated, they have great jobs lined up mm-hmm. for them. Uh, or in my class, they have great jobs lined up for them. People I know yeah. who graduated have, have great jobs. And like, these are the jobs that people go to big schools for. So it's like, yeah. It, yeah. It, the school doesn't necessarily define you. So I don't really, look, don't try to spend more than what you have to to get that big job that you want.
1: I agree 110%. You can totally get there. You know, if you have your eyes set on a certain job at a certain company, you can get there in different ways. You don't have to go to the Harper's and the Yales Mm -hmm. um, to to get there. And I can also speak from a hiring perspective. Like usually the candidates that, you know, are hounding us, you know, they're they're finding me on LinkedIn, they're emailing me at at my job, you know, they're calling, they're I mean, usually they'll get my attention. And I don't care what school you, you into, I will take stop what I'm doing and look at the resume and figure out where I can you know put you so um yeah you don't have to go to the fancy name school mm-hmm. to get the good job
0: for sure I think we touched on a lot of information in this <laughs> conversation uh it was a great it was a great conversation so I, I think it's a great way to wrap it up here but before yeah. we do is there anything you want to quickly plug your any of your pages or anything
1: Oh, yeah, I would definitely say check me out on, on Instagram, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I have three Twitter followers right now. So check me out on Twitter. For some reason, I'm like more spicy over there. I'm, I, I don't know. Some of the comments <laughs> that these folks make uh, are aggravating. Um, so definitely go there, support, um, and just stay tuned. Um, my hope is, you know, before the year ends to connect with some brands and really start selling and, you know, hopefully start giving some money away because that's that's the goal. Mm-hmm. So, sure.
0: I think it's a great goal. I support you. I'm gonna <laughs> thank it. you. I'll give you I'll give you a follow on Twitter, don't worry.
1: <laughs> Appreciate um,
0: it. Yeah, but thank you for coming on and uh, speaking. I, I, I learned a lot. I had a great time discussing Fair. it. It's an important topic to touch on. And I okay. like you said, and not enough people are talking about it and giving it the due diligence that it deserves.
1: Agreed, agreed. Thank you for the opportunity. This was fun.
0: Oh, no, thank you. So hopefully we can do it again sometime in the future.
1: For sure, for sure.